Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. First and Pod, every game, every team, every week. Division round edition. Four awesome games in their own merits, in their own rights. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Thank you for listening, watching, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. We're not doing this in order. We're doing this, I guess, by size of game and matchup here, but obviously all huge games for the right to play on Championship Sunday. We start with 80s and 90s nostalgia, Pony. Niners-Cowboys, a record-setting ninth postseason meeting between these two historic franchises. What do you make of the Cowboys bandwagon seemingly filling up prior to this game? Surprised that all it took was a win against an 8-9 and nine Bucks team. Tampa's been on national TV all year. They're one of the handful of teams that most football fans have seen a lot of. So their strong opinions on Brady and that team were based on a lot of their own observations. It's not like a team that you see maybe three or four times and you just get carried away with takes because you look at stats or you look at highlights. No, most people that have talked about the Bucks, even the casual fan has done so with a higher level of uh, understanding. And so I'm flabbergasted that they won that game that they were favored to win. And I know it wasn't close, but they did it. And now a lot of the stuff I had referenced with you a couple of weeks ago, like their statistical rankings, being in the top 10 in points and defense, the DVOA stats, how they're both near the top of the league. Now that they've got one win under their belt, it's like all of that stuff is relevant. Whereas before people were still clinging to same old Cowboys they lose in the playoffs. None of the facts and data about the team really matter. I thought that last week was the best game I've ever seen Dak Prescott play. I think that has a huge, huge part in this. And I still think it ends this week. I think San Francisco is just better. And I think that they're a more complete team. Obviously, they're at home. But... I have been struck by the conversation around Brock Purdy more than I have around Dallas because the Cowboys are always going to be 
something, a team that generates conversation and they beat Tom Brady in a game that was watched by everybody. So I'm not surprised that that game in that spot that we talked about as a the, the matchup that was going to set the record rating ratings and all that. And we were right about in. that. We were saying that months before. We were saying that for like three months. Yeah. So, but so like when you play in a game that is watched by that many people with that many storylines, um, I'm not surprised that there's a little bit of recency bias about it. I feel like there is a, I feel like the national media largely is arguing against some sort of straw man with Brock Purdy. They're just like twisting themselves in the knots to define whether or not he's good or not. And it's like, I don't know if Brock Purdy would be good if he played in Dallas or if he played in Pittsburgh or if he played in Chicago. I don't know if he is independently good. But what I know is this, since he has been playing, he keeps winning and he now has seven consecutive games with multiple passing touchdowns. Right. So I... I kind of find the conversation irrelevant of like, is he good? No one is saying that at the end of this year, they have to sign him to a contract extension. No one is saying that uh, Trey Lance isn't going to get a shot to keep his job next year. Like they might have to answer those questions in the off season and we'll see how the postseason goes. But like, what is Brock Purdy? Good enough. Like, he, he is good enough in San Francisco with Ayuk and Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey and Shanahan and that offensive line to win and produce. It's not like he's Cooper Rush and there's 100 yards of offense being generated and they're just winning in spite of him. The guy had four touchdowns last week in a playoff game. So I, I'm just surprised that this, like, Brock Purdy isn't good or is he? It, it, we are seeing it. He's good enough. He's good enough in the situation that he's in. And that's all I need to know. Well, okay. So I hear some of that. But in terms of like the the question that you're referring to that's irritating you, like just in a vat, like is he is he working in San Francisco? Is he playing well in the confines of Kyle Shanahan and all kinds of weapons and great defense for complimentary football and stuff? Yes, but that still doesn't answer the question that people are, to your point, having a really hard time with, like it's football's Rubik's Cube right now. And that is, in a vacuum, what is this guy? Is he a product of the system, or is he actually a good quarterback? My answer to that question is easy. What's the line in this game? Two and a half? I think it's... The line two and a half right now? I think it's... That's not right to you? No, it's uh, three and a half. Three Three and a half? Yeah. Okay. Flip the quarterbacks. What's the line? If Dak is in San Francisco and Purdy is Dallas's quarterback, the line's close to 10. There you go. I mean, that's, to me, that answers the, that question I think is pretty black and white. Right now, he is still looked at as a guy that just benefits greatly from their offense. And he's going to have a hard time shaking that really at any point in these playoffs. I oh, think. stop. If, if, if he, if, if they make the Super Bowl and he beats Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons in a defense that was top 10 all year, and then he goes to Philly mm-hmm. and wins that game and produces. I mean, dude, Dak Prescott led the league in turnovers this year. 
When you were saying that flip the quarterbacks thing, I thought you were going to say seven. I didn't think you were going to say 10. I do not agree with you. I do not agree with you that Dak Prescott is six points better than Brock Purdy. I don't. So then I guess I'm going to fall victim to the trap. I'm going to walk right into it from what you were bitching about five minutes ago. So then what do you think this guy is then? I I think that it doesn't matter. Just say, okay, so that's, so your answer is, it's a question I don't feel like answering or don't feel compelled to answer. That's your, I'm saying that like, what is Daniel Jones is a relevant question because they have to make a decision on paying him. What is Geno Smith is a relevant question because they have to make a decision on paying him. They have no one else to play other than Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy. Well, for right now, for right now, that's true. But like, go back to what you're talking about. Okay, but well, you brought Trey Lance into this. So you think, like, if Brock Purdy wins this game and loses next week, does he start next year as the 49ers starting quarterback? No. If he wins the next two games and they go to the Super Bowl, does he start next year as their starting quarterback? I think that they'll say something along the lines of, uh, we are working Trey back into the fold. What if they win the whole thing? Then Brock Purdy. Okay. So, but I'm saying though, there are like, there are levels to this. He can, through his play, change at least that narrative. Like who do you expect to have a better game? Like these are, these are playoff preview shows. Like I am, I, maybe I'm crazy. I am interested in who is going to win these football games. Yes. I'm not terribly interested. Well, right you brought the Purdy thing into this. This was not my question. This was your you. I don't know, but you were you were talking about like the national conversation that you've consumed around this game being about the Cowboys bandwagon. Well, I've seen a lot of it still legislating whether or not Brock Purdy is good. And my point is, dude, they're the better team. They're favored, and I expect him to outplay Dak Prescott on Sunday. See, I don't. And I, I do, so you, you, you very well stated on this podcast multiple times throughout the Dolphin season that you thought we were going to get to a point where Tua was not going to look like yep. the best quarterback in the league and that even though he had great weapons and a great play caller, we were going to see games where it's like, oh, wait, this is why there were doubts about him as a surefire guy. This, to me, is that game for Purdy. Now, if Purdy does outplay Dak like you're describing, I'll come on this podcast Sunday night and say, I'm an effing idiot. But to me, this is the challenge for him. They're they're third in pressure rate. They led the league in takeaways. They do have Micah Parsons. I don't think they'll just line him up over Trent Williams. I think they'll move him around to find the best matchup. So he will be a presence in this game. Uh, if he starts the game like he did against Seattle, I'm not sure Dallas is going to give him the same number of opportunities to just shake that off and be good. So that's where I'm at. They haven't beaten a team with more than nine wins. They've dominated teams and they've looked great and he has looked really good. But this to me is that litmus test for him. He does it against Dallas, then I'll, I'll be... I'll start to sing a different tune about him being more than just a guy that fits into Shanahan's system. I can't wait for the game. 
I think it's awesome. I think this game is, I mean, obviously we know that it's going to do massive numbers. All the games will do massive numbers, but it's so fun to see these two uniforms on the field in a playoff game, even though it's not exactly uh, Young and Aikman when it's Purdy. But just go back to what I said to you in that opening question. If this this game, after the Washington game by Dallas at the end of the regular season, the idea was that Dallas was not going to maybe be a sacrificial lamb, but they were going to go there and absolutely get beat. Like, very few people are saying that now. You're saying you think Purdy will outplay him, but the line's only two and a half. Three and a half. Like, three and a half. Thank you for correcting me a fourth time. They, like, this Dallas thing is like this. They lose to Washington. They suck. They beat Tampa. They're great. They lose this game. They suck again. They can't win the big game. They can't beat a good team. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I I just, I think that the Niners defense, you know, Ward will guard CeeDee Lamb. And he got, I know he got burned by DK Metcalf for the 50-yarder last week, but he's been great. And then their front seven is uniquely equipped to mitigate Tony Pollard. And Zeke is a nothing at this point. And is Dak Prescott against a good defense, going to turn the ball over? Or is he going to continue, basically from the second drive of the game through the conclusion of the game, which was, like I've said multiple times now, the best game I've seen him play and one of the most efficient quarterback games we've seen this season in the NFL. I don't think that you can have that level of efficiency against the Niners' defense on the in their place. I don't. Well... If I'm Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, I'm not even showing Dak the tape from the Tampa game to make him feel confident about winning this game, the game that they lost last year at home in the playoffs. I've, I've not heard many people bring this up. Everybody reconciles San Francisco's bad game against Kansas City and writes it off as it's the Chiefs. They really wanted to win that game. It was a statement game for them. They went there. They destroyed that defense. It shocked everybody because they were the best defense in the league. They scored 44 points. Okay, everyone's allowed to have a bad day. I've heard almost nothing, nothing about the game they had at the end of the regular season where Jarrett Stidham lit them up. 37-34. Jarrett Stidham did it. I mean, that's that's what I would show Dak Prescott this week. Dude, this guy came off the bench. Yeah, they're gettable is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And But I think some of the narrative around them is like, are they the Legion of Boom? No, they, yeah, they- no, they're, 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 not, they're not that. It's, it's funny, like, there's no truly great team in the NFC. We've said that all year. I've said we're well, on... We a- thought at times Philly might get there, but... Right. But then at the end of the year, right, it didn't, it didn't look great. But and obviously that was without Jalen Hurts. But I've thought for a long time Niners Eagles collision course. But we've also said that Dallas's best is arguably the anybody's best. Like when they play with a lead, when Dak doesn't turn the ball over, and they can unleash those pass rushers, it's a very very scary team. So we'll see if they play with a lead in this spot and which version of the Niners shows up, which version of Brock Purdy shows up. It's uh it's an absolutely fantastic game. I'm going to watch. 
Well, I'll just, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to watch the game. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Bill's Bengals, we didn't get to see it in week 17. We get to see it in the divisional round. Obviously, we love betting, even if you don't know the lines. What do you make of the line of this game, which is at this moment, Bills minus five and a half. So this is another one where I feel like, you know, Joe football fan is like, did the odds makers, are they suffering from amnesia? Did they miss Cincinnati going into places like Kansas city last year and winning? And then the way they played without losing in the last two months of the season, did they not watch Buffalo struggle against Skylar Thompson and the line's only five and a half? I mean, the line is, is it's that big, not that small. It's that big. This should be closer to a pick than a touchdown. And I think that's a trap for betters. I think that that, I love, you won't make the show bet with me, I don't think. I love Buffalo minus five and a half in this game. I think it's the easiest bet of the weekend. Okay. Um, we both love a big favorite. Let's put it that way. This is not the one that I love, but I, I understand your argument. Here's. Well, I haven't I really thought. made the argument yet, but go on. Oh, no, no, but I, the, all you got to say is that you think it's a trap for betters. And I under, I understand the argument you're about to make, but a couple things. If you just look at it as like, I think a lot of the analysis that people do sometimes is quarterback based, right? We just did a lot of that in Niners Cowboys. And so you look at it and you say, well, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, those are depending on your preference, the second and third or the third and second best quarterbacks in the NFL. There's not a huge difference between the two. How could one be favored by five and a half over the other? But when you add in home field advantage and you add in three backup offensive linemen, on Cincinnati and whatever you say about home field advantage. And I know that like the trendy thing is that it matters less and less and less. And obviously Burrow can go anywhere and win. And he's proven that from college to the pros and he's unflappable. I think that home field advantage doesn't really matter a lot in the second, third and fourth quarter, but it can matter a lot in the first quarter in terms of like the atmosphere and just the team getting shot out of the cannon and carrying it over. You think DeMar Hamlin leads them out of the tunnel? Like I thought he was going to do that for the Miami game, but maybe they're saving him for this one. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the game where he got injured and just bring, brings him out like that. I 
it feels like there's something like that. And that, that always wears off over the course of a game. That type of energy doesn't sustain. But I could see Damar Hamlin on the sideline, on the video board even, you know, two minutes before kickoff, something insane. They receive the opening kickoff, get up 7 nothing, and never look back. I, I could see that in this game. And the Bengals, I know it was the Ravens' defense, and the Bills' defense is definitely not that. We just saw it last week against Miami, like you said. Dude, they didn't even have 250 yards of offense. They they did not look special the last time we saw them. Granted, Baltimore's defense is very different. But I, I understand, I assume, the argument you're about to make. Well, that that the last one is the is where I was going to go with this. Like the Bills, I think, I think their performance against Miami was due more to their sloppiness and probably general lack of respect for Miami as a serious opponent in that game. And some of the things we've seen from Josh Allen in other games, where maybe they didn't treat the opponent as a worthy adversary like their Jets games this year where he threw interceptions and stuff like I just think that they get almost bored or complacent in some of these games and you know that's why it almost felt like he wanted to make short work in Miami Danny so he's like I'm just going to try to hit a touch I'm going to try to score a touchdown on every play here and let's just have short drives and get up like four or five touchdowns and I can just watch the second half from the sidelines you know, and they they made that a game because of their turnovers and misplays. Cincinnati got outplayed by Baltimore. They won the game because of a momentum-changing, game-changing 100-yard fumble return for a touchdown. That's why they won. Like, you can't bank on that again. This is the ultimate turnover luck game. The Bills didn't get turnover luck last week. And the Bengals did. Now they're playing each other. You brought up an X's and O's point about the Bengals offensive line. Hey, Burrow got sacked nine times against Tennessee. They still won the game. I've heard that a million times this week. Yep, me too. Again, not a sustainable model, in my opinion. And the other um, more ephemeral point that I'll make, just like you did with the thing about Hamlin, the inspirational aspect, the Bengals to me now are coming off like a team It almost has to be brash and talk big to convince themselves that they are that good. They're doing way too friggin' much of that. From they keep getting Nixon stuff. Yeah, shut up, stop. Well, what's so what's so funny about that? Like, if I was hosting in Cincinnati, I would make fun of that too. Because, but they're getting baited into it. I can't. I don't believe that Zach Taylor's like on in the meetings saying they're disrespecting us. They're being asked, like, hey, can you believe they're already selling tickets to the neutral site game? Man, you're selling them too. Like, the, the, any team that could host a round of the playoffs sells the tickets. That's how it works. You sell them weeks in advance. You can't sell 80,000 tickets in six days. It's not Bruce Springsteen. Like, that. that's how it works. So it's not disrespect. It's a contingency plan. Anyone who's like been a season ticket holder for a team and they ask for like your playoff uh, tickets, you know, with three weeks left in the season, you know, get that money in for the playoffs. And if not, it'll just roll over to next year because it takes time to fill these damn arenas. So it's not disrespect. It's planning. But 
they're gonna they're these teams, you know, uh what was it the guy on Georgia this year when they won the national title after the game, like yelled in the camera, y'all picked us to lose five or six times this year. No one did that. Can I tell you, Mike, can I tell you what I what I've already thought about this? I'm gonna do this next year. I'm gonna be the guy who, like in August, puts out a tweet that says like Georgia four and eight. And that way, like Kirby Smart will take me yes. and use me to motivate his team all year. And then when they win, they will cite me as the reason why they won. So yeah. I am now going to become the guy who rips college teams who everybody thinks is going to win. It's, to get my name out there more. It's brilliant. It's 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 foolproof. I've just the the nobody believes in us card being played by the Georgia Bulldogs and the team that was in the Super Bowl last year that's quarterbacked by Joe Burrow. It's it's all very amusing. But athletes I'm also it out. not convinced that I know Burrow the the idea is Burrow did it with less because his offensive line was so bad in last year's playoffs. Yeah. But I'm also the idea that Burrow is a better playoff quarterback than Allen or a better big game quarterback. I just don't agree with. I mean, the guy Ooh, Allen. Had I don't a perfect, know. We've seen Josh Allen. Allen, be, Allen had Josh a perfect Allen game awesome against New England. Two playoff games. Okay, he had a perfect game against New England, where they never punted, and then he was incredible in the Chiefs game. Yeah, and every other game has been okay or bad. Well, is Burrow coming off a great playoff game? No. No. No, exactly. but, no, but we've – dude, I don't know. The, the Joe Burrow thing is it, – part of it's college. You know, it, it's, it's – How is the, that but, – but that shouldn't be relevant. I mean – College college success. Should it? Uh, I mean, it's – I mean, would not, that make you want to draft Stetson Bennett because he won two – National championship games? Come on. No, no, no. But I'm just saying it, Joe, Joe Burrow winning the games that he's won last year with the offensive line issues, winning multiple times against the Chiefs. Does it make you question Hurts because he got benched in a national championship game this week? I mean, it it did until this year. Wow. That was that, – dude, of course that was part of it. Of course. Like, it, I mean, Hurts changed my mind over the course of this season. Which brings us to that game, by the way. Is your favorite team still the 07 Giants? Because I have been shocked by how many people have said this team has an 07 Giants oh, feel. God, it's so disrespectful to that team. I know. I, I like, can't stand it. <laughs> I just, so like, this is the game that I love for the favorite. I think Philly wins this game by 20-plus. I think it is an ass-kicking. I think that they looked bad without Hurts, and then Hurts played banged up in Week 18 and gutted out a win where he was clearly still in some pain, and he didn't run at all. And now he's had two weeks of rest, and we will see him run. And the Giants do not have two weeks of rest, and they're on the road. And Philly will be going nuts. And they obviously know each other very well. And I think they kicked the shit out of them. 
I, 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 do, I don't think this game is close, and everybody in the world will tease Philly. And frankly, I'll be one of them. See, I'd almost do an alternate spread and pick them to win the game by even more than seven and a half. I think that that's fine too. I, I like I, them I, to win the game by more than 10. Yeah, so okay, well, so then this should be the show bet. And we're still undefeated, by the way. Yes, we are. How about that, we, by the way? We're not getting any love for that. <laughs> what if we bet them? What if we bet them like alternate spread minus nine and a half to fine get better odds? Yeah, sure. I mean, going from seven and a half to nine and a half is not going to be like a crazy number. No, but it's going to make it a plus money bet. It's going to get us better. It's going to get us positive yeah. return. Yeah, it'll get it'll yeah it'll be plus one thirty or something. Um, yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, the Giants. I'll tell you this though, just to kind of on the other side for just a second. Um, not that it's really about the Giants winning, but I think that Brian Dable should win Coach of the Year. And I frankly don't think Nick Sirianni should even finish second in the voting. To me, a huge part of coach of the year should be about exceeding expectations. And we talked about this. The Eagles had huge expectations. They met them. But when they were dealt adversity with Hurts missing games, they lost. So that doesn't speak to me about anything necessarily special. Uh, I'm If we're giving it to just the team that wins the most games – the Chiefs also won 14 games, and they had a record-setting offense after losing Tyree Kill. But no one says that Andy Reid's going to finish top five or even top ten for this award. So I don't, I don't get why it should be Nick Sirianni. But if Brian, and I know it's a regular season award, but if Brian Dable wins this game, and then Nick Sirianni wins Coach of the Year, it's going to be like the NBA MVP when Jokic gets knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Or I'll give you I'll give you a similar one, which is like very it's it's a it's a similar contrast. It would have been like when Baltimore lost at home to Tennessee in the divisional round, and Lamar was the MVP, and Harbaugh was the coach of the year, and they were largely non-competitive in that yeah. game. They got punched in the mouth at the beginning of that game, and they never recovered. And I think that that's you know I think of. I think there's two ways for these teams like the Giants to go into a place like Philly as an underdog in this round and win. Either the favorite has their own kind of internal battle with their own confidence where it's not going to take much for them to start to second-guess themselves in the game. Or, conversely, the other team just buys into the fact that they're so good and better that they're not intimidated by the, like, I'll give you a team that I'm, I'm describing when I say that. The Baltimore team that went to Denver and beat Peyton Manning, now it was a double overtime game and they needed the friggin' dude, you know, to basically lose the wide receiver behind him. What was his name? Moore, the safety. I mean, they needed an insanely oh, right, 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 play. right, right, yeah to lose that game. But those Ravens teams had a mentality when they went into places like this, they didn't care that they were a touchdown underdog Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Terrell Suggs and those guys, they didn't back down from anybody. Do you feel that way about this giants team? I don't, 
I don't get that. All year we called them frauds. And now I'm saying they're going into Philly and winning when I, Philly's coming off a week of rest. It seems ridiculous. I, I the old, so, so what I'm saying is I actually think, I think if the Giants win, it's because the Eagles beat themselves. I don't think they're going to go in there and opening drive, Barkley, you know, rushes for like 60 yards on like four or five plays. They just go right downfield shove it down Philly's throat, go up 7 nothing, and like that entire stadium's like, oh, shit. We're in for it. I think they need Philly to come out and just be weak off. They're discombobulated. They're Hurts rusty. Hurts still be hurt. Like, if, yeah. if, if, if Hurts isn't running, or like if, you know, Lawrence or Thibodeau, like, you know, crush him, and he then is like playing the next three quarters banged up, that obviously opens the door. And, and I still don't trust the Giants enough where if the Eagles put the game on a silver platter for them, I'm not convinced they'd run away with it. I think it would still come down to the end of the game because the Giants are an imperfect team. And I don't think that they're, even though they're well coached, I don't think they're above doing some dumb shit in this game either. Yeah, the last, so like the last game of the season when Hertz was hurt and played 22-16. But week, whatever it was, 12 or 13, whatever, four or five games left in the season, it was 48-22. That's what I'm expecting. And the Giants have been one of the worst teams. If you go by, like, rushing yards per play, they've been one of the worst defenses in the NFL in that regard. Like, they're actually, maybe not, like, by total rushing yards allowed, but if you go by rushing yards per play, they're like the worst defense in the league, even with Dexter Lawrence up front. So I would anticipate, and Lane Johnson's going to play now, Danny. That's a big deal. Yeah. He's probably the best right tackle in the entire league. I'm with you. I think Philly I think Philly blows him out. And you know what? No Giants fan, even though they hate the Eagles, no Giants fan is going to be really that pissed about it. No, it's what I said last week. It, I mean, other than the team that wins the AFC and wins the NFC and then wins the Super Bowl, you can make the argument they had the third most successful season of any team in the league already. They salvaged their quarterback. They found their coach. They won a playoff game in a year where they were supposed to be a bottom 10 team. It's unbelievable. Like, they, top 10 pick, no quarterback, to winning a playoff game with a quarterback and a coach, it's enough. But it, but it it ends here. It's the, the one team is basically complete and flawless, and the other team's the Giants. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Uh, you said you wanted to do the Danny Parkins exercise for Chiefs Jaguars. When I saw that in the rundown, I just assumed it was patronizing. But what do you mean? You know, you're such a prick. <laughs> no, it was – I thought this was a good game to to do the four outcomes with that you like to do. So what are we saying if the Chiefs win this game? Chiefs win. They were supposed to. They were supposed to. So it's just like business per usual. They go in there. They played an inferior team that was lucky to be here, that was down 27 to nothing. It's at Arrowhead. They take care of business onto the AFC Championship game. That's it, right? Yeah, I mean that. That's fine. yeah. I mean, I I think the I think the only way we come out of it feeling like a in a Chiefs win, feeling like different about the Chiefs in a positive way, is if they like held the Jaguars to. 17 or less or something okay so the defense makes a statement okay if their defense was disruptive which they haven't been all year okay next one what if the chiefs lose what are we saying i think we will it will be more about the jaguars well hold on we'll do that in a second yeah what will we say about the chiefs if they lose my guess is we will say wow that defense was horrifying. I, I saw this today. I didn't realize this. The Chiefs finished with a negative turnover differential this year. Yeah. That's incredible. Like, <laughs> number one offense in the NFL, Mahomes is going to win MVP, and their defense was so terrible in terms of making impact plays that they still finished with a negative turnover differential for the season. That is staggering. Um. So my my guess is the only scenario like I don't see the Chiefs losing and you know again scoring 17 20 points something like that. I could see Trevor Lawrence picking up where he left off in the second half, hanging 35, winning 35-31 and you know a fluky play or two happens, gives the Jaguars an extra possession okay. they lose and we say in a transitional year the Chiefs just did not have enough defensively. That was All right, my- tell me, tell me if you think these two statements are overreactions. Number one, if they lose, it's their worst playoff loss in the Andy Reid Mahomes era. If they lose, uh, I mean, yeah, right, because Mahomes worse is than old- New England at home, worse than Tampa in the Super Bowl, worse than Cincinnati last year. But this becomes the worst one, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, the it's it would also be the earlier. Right? Mahomes has never lost a playoff game before at, at Arrowhead before the AFC yep. title game. Okay. This, this is for the fifth straight AFC championship game. Okay. So, so that's why I was going to say if they lose and it's their earliest exit, then even in a transitional year, isn't it fair to ask questions about what it's going to take? Are they ever going to get back and win another Super Bowl? If they go from Super Bowl loss, AFC championship loss, divisional round playoff loss, they're going backwards, not staying the same or not going deeper. They're going out earlier and earlier and earlier, Danny. Uh, I. What odds would you need for me to give you on say they lose 
And I put the over-under of Patrick Mahomes' Super Bowl wins the rest of his career at 0.5. What odds would you need on the under? Would you give me three to one? Uh, yeah, probably. Like, that's about what I was thinking in my head. And, but because so, like, you know what that loss would remind me of? This is what I had in my head. If they lose to Jacksonville, it would remind me of when the Giants beat the 15-1 and Packers. And at that moment, it was an abysmal loss for Green Bay at Lambeau. And it was to a team, you know, even though they were 9-7, and seven, they had won the Super Bowl a few years before. So that was even in the context of that, not as bad as this would be to Jacksonville. Who was one and who was two and six. But like when Green Bay lost that game, I'm sure a lot of the national narrative was like, ah, they'll get them another. Yeah, they'll be back. Not, I mean, atrocious loss, but they'll get back there. They'll be fine. I, dude, Never made it back. I, I don't think there's anything that could happen in this game that would make me feel like the Chiefs are not going to get back there. So you would give me three to one. Yeah, that's about it. That's about okay. it. Yeah. But I mean, but that, but that, dude, three to one. That suggests that you also very much think that Pat Mahomes is going to win another Super Bowl because, of, dude, they had the number one offense in the NFL this year, and they, by all accounts, should not have. Now, at some point, Travis Kelsey is going to get old, so they do need to find a star, but I think there's a chance that they get DeAndre Hopkins, oh and people aren't, ta- people aren't talking about it, but I, I, I think that that's the type of move that they do. Okay, what do we say about this game if Jacksonville wins? Take it from their perspective. We're we're talking about them winning the game. Then what? We we are ta- we are, it's the arrival of Trevor Lawrence as he gets to be put in the Justin Herbert conversation of like and the Josh Allen conversation. Like he he immediately gets to be best quarterback who hasn't won a Super Bowl. Like he gets to be discussed in those terms. And it will feel ridiculous if Doug Peterson doesn't win coach of the year. Um, it will it will be about coach and quarterback as it often is. And we will feel, and anyone who doubted either of those two individuals will feel very, 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 very silly. I will also say just one thing is I know our buddy Nick Wright is listening and he's a huge, he's made himself like a Trevor Lawrence guy, which is great. Um, can I, I tell you what Nick is so good at? It's great. What Nick is great at. Yeah. Of, of, of making people think of him with, but it's like, it's just, it's interesting. Like LeBron's unbelievable. He made himself the LeBron guy. Everybody loved LeBron. He just took it to the nth degree. Exactly. He's, He's so good at that. I, I, I love it's that like, about Trevor Nick. Lawrence has been the number one quarterback since sixth grade. Everybody knows he's good. Everybody thought he was going to be good. And he's like, no, I told you Trevor Lawrence was going to be good. No. Brilliant. But whatever, it's an incredible accomplishment. We both love the dude. What I'm saying is I think he's still I, – I, I don't like his Peyton Manning comp for Trevor Lawrence. He's not Peyton Manning. Like, he makes too many dumb mistakes, too many, like, turnover-worthy plays, too many en- uh, red zone interceptions. Like, Peyton Manning was a computer. You know, Pey- Pey- Peyton Manning – Trevor Lawrence, he's never been described as the dude who, like, at the chalkboard – can identify it or like pre-snap that dude has like when he throws the out route, the outside, the hash throws the ball gets there with a velocity and a zip 
that's like Brett Favre esque. He he he's kind of like Brett Favre, Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Allen. Like he's like those types of players to me. Way more than he is Peyton Manning. Uh, the the physical gifts of Trevor Lawrence are just eye popping, and it's every week. And I, and I know we've seen it with Mahomes and we've seen it with Allen and this new generation of quarterbacks. It's not like that rare. But I still think his physical gifts are just tier one. And so I I would put him more in like the physical gift bucket of quarterbacks as opposed to Peyton Manning. Well, I think Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning for as clinical as he was and surgical as he was, uh, he had a tendency, I think, to look his worst in these playoff situations I thought he might, I think he may have put too much pressure on himself. I think there were some years where the defense wasn't good enough and he knew it. Some years, the running game, even when he had Edgar and James and later he had a die in Dominic Rhodes and those guys, you know, he, he didn't want to, he, he maybe didn't trust it enough to want to lean on it, depend on it, even though that's what he did in 06 when they won the Super Bowl. But early in his career, you know, there was for a long time, not just winning the Super Bowl. But like, can he win playoff games and be the engine? And you know, Lawrence is look. It was a atrocious first quarter and first half, but he already answered those questions in this game last week. Now it took an incredible chain of events, you know, just a comedy of errors by the Chargers to do that. But man, I think if they win, like it really. Really, going back to what we said about Mahomes and like, will he get to another Super Bowl? It really complicates the AFC picture because now it feels like there's another team in quarterback that takes a seat at the table for championships. Did the yeah, the AFC is loaded, and Spencer's got the stats of how many turnovers uh, Peyton had earlier early in his career: fifty-eight, his first three years, fourteen fumbles. That part is true. I'm just saying stylistically. Peyton, it was never about the crazy physical talent. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. I, I got I get what you were saying there. Man, yeah. Spencer really is an irreplaceable part of this podcast. He doesn't get enough credit for what he's been able to do here behind the scenes. I agree. On this podcast. He makes us smarter. And then if the Jaguars lose, it's just like whatever. Good season. Oh, it, it's, like, it's like the Giants. Uh, with like a little bit extra because they were expected again, because like they thought they had their quarterback. So it's not a surprise that Trevor Lawrence is good. Like it's a surprise of Daniel Jones, but Jaguars fans will be fine. Like they, a playoff win, they have their coach, they have their quarterback. The, the difference will be how many additions can they make? Like the thing in Jacksonville is going to be about like continuity status quo, second year in Peterson's system because they won't have the number one pick. They won't be signing a 70 plus million dollar free agent receiver like Christian Kirk. Like it'll just be a much quieter off season for the Jaguars though. The Calvin Ridley thing will yeah. be a, a huge part of it for them. But I think it's going to be about what type of leap can the Jaguars make based on internal improvement and development as opposed to external help. But have another awesome game, man, and people are going to be lining up to want to play in Jacksonville. Florida, tax breaks, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. 
they'll be a destination all of a sudden. All right, so our bet is Eagles minus nine and a half. Yep. On an alternate spread. You love Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Well, let's pick the other two games. I assume you're picking Dallas. I'm going to take Dallas plus three and a half. Okay, I'll take and, San Fran minus three and a half. So I'm on, and I'm I'm on gonna, three favorites. And I'm going to take the Chiefs minus eight and a half. You? It takes a lot for you to bet against Kansas City. I'll say that Trevor Lawrence keeps it close and the Chiefs win. I Mainly, though, mainly, if I'm being honest, because I don't want to have all four favorites. I don't want to have four favorites. But how popular is an Eagles-Chiefs tease going to be? That is going to be such a popular bet. Man, I think that this is one of the rare weeks where I feel like underdogs, though, have gotten a lot of love from just the hoi polloi better. Uh, I, Dallas, no, I I agree, but just like being Cincinnati. able to tease. Oh, yeah. Tease. No, yeah. Like, okay, just Two win the game. Based, at yeah. home yeah. through seven and three. That's going to be the most square public tease in the world. <laughs> You'll be right there with him. <laughs> I'll be right there with him. I'll be right there oh, with him. Man. Nick and I always text each other when we put in our teasers, just big capital letters. How does it lose? Because every teaser in the world looks amazing when you put it in. Every single I one. To, I need to find my way into those conversations more. We can get you in there. Okay. We can get you in there. We got to share your bets. I only hear about your winners after the fact. I'm always worried that I'm going to like put them out there to you guys and it's going to jinx everything. I just, well, I so, don't know. Well, that's why you're not there. We we share the losers, buddy. You got to revel in the losers. <laughs> you guys oh, got to revel in them. All right, man. So Sunday night. Sun, what, and I'm, I'm blanking on the order. So that's after Cowboys, right? Yep. All right, so after after Cowboys, Man, that's going to do a mega rating too. That is going to do an insane rating. Yeah, and it starts at six thirty Eastern, so like the whole world will be awake. That is huge a, rating. Yeah, it's going to do a big number. Okay, thank you. To All Spencer. right, bro. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. This pod is only growing. Stick with us. You could be in on the ground floor, something great. Tell a friend. Peace. <laughs> 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 